Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And we are track walking. We're going I have not. We, we do something. I haven't talked to Scott since I snuck out of his basement almost a week ago. Yeah, we've we've messaged. Yeah, briefly though. It. But we haven't. Yeah, minimal communication after spending a week together, mostly together on one lap. Um, I want to say like I'd had enough of Scott because that's not how it was. But it's true. That is oh, an dude. E8 socket. That Tell I me got. that's a found tool. Did you find that? No, I forgot I put it in my pocket earlier today. Oh. It's not as cool as me finding the, the 8 mil at uh, NCM. Yeah, I finally listened to that uh, that episode on Slip Angle today. I dropped a lot of F-bombs. You, I was, I was kind of <laughs> surprised. I mean, it's like, it's not out of character to have them happen. But to have that quantity, I I blame it on Seth being was tired. sleepy. <laughs> Seth, I was tired. Seth was done. Yeah. Fuck this. Yeah, that's where I was. I was just wanted to be done. Um. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. We went on one lap. We did. Um. We. I need to record it a little bit, but not really. Yeah. Not we. We've got a few short episodes that depending on the queue, I think should probably go before this one. Yeah, probably. Um, what I'll probably do is release a few of them, like not one a week, but like two or three in a week, just to give the people what they don't want, but in yeah. quantity. <laughs> but I think our, our second uh, round of, of trying to record on one lap and record on weekends has led us to the conclusion that we're bad at it. And it's maybe not something we want to get better at. I think we're, but I think we're bad at it because we don't want to do it because it's I not something we want to do. Yeah. I don't want to like take myself out of the moment. Interview me is different than hanging out me. Right. And when I'm hanging out, I don't want to be interview me. Like I had the best conversation with the uh, the two Houston guys in the with a Camaro. Two Houston guys. The two oh Houston yeah, guys, yeah. The guys, the, the, uh, the guys who smushed the Civic yep, uh, a couple yep, years yep. ago. Um, and I talked to them for like an hour at Hallett. Like had the best conversation with them, and I got about twenty minutes into it, and I I had to make the call. It was like, do I? turn this into an episode or do I just have a really good conversation with, with these two guys that I've known and autocrossed with for about a decade. And I went, I think I'm just going to talk to them. Yeah. And that was kind of a turning point for me realizing that I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the conversations more than I wanted to make a show. Yeah. And we did quite a few track scoots with uh, Lisa keys as well. Definitely didn't bring the uh, recording equipment, but I think we're gonna have her on before too long. So we need to have her on. We need to have Amos on. Yep. We need to have Bob and Ted on. So many yep. people and characters. And Amanda, I think we should get on. That would be a character. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. We can probably get Randy on. Yep. So um, people, Jenna, Jenna. Yep. Jenna and her and her dad separately, I think they would be the best to do like you could do them together. But I think separately, yeah. Jack and Jenna would be more fun because they would tell different sides of the experience, which would be the best. For sure. We could do like shorter episodes with each of them and release them like in the single episode. And yeah, like, be but talk about the same events and see what happens. <laughs> be so cool. So I think one lap was a. Uh, a roaring success with a few minor exceptions. Like as on the whole or for Sunday Cupdom? For 
I think the whole, but but specifically our our little slice of that, which was Sunday Cup and associated people at the back, and yeah, just the the world that we lived in um, for that week. Yeah, it. You know, we didn't have. I mean, we didn't really expect any, but we didn't have any mechanical issues at all, except for like the Celica needing a brake light bulb. Right. And, and you mushing a rabbit and breaking the, some plastic. Yeah, doing that and fixing it with some zip ties, which is still holding it together to this day. And um, we burned I think two I think we burned two quarts of oil. Was and, that much? Yeah, but that's down from last year. And um, never took a wheel off the car. Yes. So, I mean, that was a success from there. When I say like like minor not successes, those, those would include like Bob breaking his collarbone at Road Atlanta. God. Yeah, that, um, that might need to be this. This episode's thumbnail is his x-ray. Because it's not just broke, like, there's pieces, and they're going at, like, they're kind of parallel, but pointing in different directions. I I deeply suspect that by the time this episode comes out, um, the decision to just wait and let it heal itself will be reversed, and Bob will be going in for surgery, but that's just my Here's my the guess. thing, how does something, like, it's not, the bone's not lined up. Like, that's something that can just line itself up and heal? Remarkably, they do a lot of the time. That, that doesn't well, I mean, seem like it's surgery, a thing. Surgery on collarbones is a relatively recent thing, but right. broken collarbones has been around since as long as we've been falling out of trees, which has been, like, a really long time. I get it. Um, and we weird. mostly heal. That's what we do. It's weird. It is weird. Sometimes it grows like a big mass of bone to do it, like a big huge knot of bone. Like if you um, to took do it. duct tape and just taped just it wrapped. up like twenty times. Yeah. Yeah. Um but that's just my guess. We'll have to see when this comes out whether or not I'm right or whether Bob's collarbone sort of wiggles itself into place and, and heals properly. They're gonna I think they're gonna x ray him, he said, in two weeks from the time that he went in. And they're going to reevaluate it then. I still vividly remember the moment because you guys had gotten on track just after I did. Yep. The rain was barely coming, but it was impending for sure. And it was just on the backside of turn three. And I turn around and you guys are coming down. Bob tries to stop and kind of does a half-hearted attempt to make it to the grass and just like full front partial front roll but onto the shoulder in question and he and you're behind him at that point yep he comes up and like you know it's obviously in pain and you look at me with the most calm seth face i can't stop and you just go all the way down (laughs) and i just i stare and i'm just i'm like he's calm enough he might make it or he really might eat shit and like slide down on his chest all the way down. So for anybody who doesn't know the the story, this was at uh, Road Atlanta, which was like day two or something. I mean the, three. the second track, day three, yeah, three, the second track, yeah. second track. So pretty early in the week, uh, the we come down the the S's, which if you haven't been to Road Atlanta, is a bigger hill than you think it is. Especially when you're on a scooter. Especially when you're on a scooter. And when it's wet, uh, that, that stepping on the rear fender to make the brakes doesn't actually you got, work. You got to push. <laughs> yeah. And so it was a weird situation because like, we got about, I don't know, 15% of the way down. And it was pretty obvious we had messed up. Like... <laughs> Like you get to that moment where you're like, I have made a mistake. And Bob and I approached it in two different ways. <laughs> really did. Bob was like, I have made a mistake. I need to not be on this scooter anymore. Bail out. And the the dismount did not work as well as he would have hoped. I, on the other hand, did a very quick calculation and went, I'm already going fast enough that this is going to hurt. 
Like, I can't get off the scooter. But there's a chance, like, there's a a pretty okay chance, maybe between somewhere between, like, 50 and 70% that I can probably ride this all the way to the bottom. I, I would have... I would have lowered that floor a little bit. <laughs> it didn't. It never felt worse than like. Have you ridden down into the toilet bowl at NCM on a scooter like without using brakes and just? No, I, I, I did, but like I didn't like start at the top. It's super scary. Yeah, and you go really fast, and yeah. then you get done, and you're like, dude, that's not so bad. So that was kind of the feeling like you, you definitely are going fast enough. It's like anything you do on two wheels or roller skates or something. You can get going fast enough where you become acutely aware that you are in a dangerous position. Yeah. And, and you just, and you just added speed to the equation. <laughs> yeah. Well, the speed is what makes it like dangerous, right? You, you like, you, you know. have to. Yeah, I don't know. Like in in a lot of cases, the easiest thing to do is is ride it out if you can, and if you can't, make it to the grass. So at least you're rolling in the grass. And so yeah, I did a calculated thing. I was like, I can probably do it, but I couldn't stop. Like I saw Bob eat shit, and by then I was going too fast. I was like, right, I don't want to do what Bob did, so I'm gonna try something else. And uh, yep. you- and then Bob got up, and he was clearly. He was sore. sore. He was sore. And we talked through it. And I, I was like, push on your collarbone. See if it's broken. And he pushed on it. He goes, no, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> I was like, all right. So his collarbone's not broken. Cool. And, Rushing you know, I, fluid. I, yeah. And I had him move his arm and like he moved it through a, a range of motion. And I was like, okay, so it's not like torn rotator cuff or something that really impinges on the shoulder. And so we were like, maybe soft tissue, something. So we continued around the track until they kicked us off. Um, which wasn't a whole lot farther. We were on the back straight when we got kicked off. No, for you guys. Um, yeah, you went farther. You cut that back section and then That was that was the move. Yeah. So we made like second farthest around and got kicked off. Um and then Bob just sort of chilled, took some ibuprofen. Put some ice on it. Put some ice on it and um, was pretty sure that things weren't that bad. I did all the driving that night. It was a short transit. Um, So I did the whole drive that night. um, And I was like, so here's the deal. If you can sleep, it's probably not broken. Because every time I've broken a bone, and most of the people I know who have broken a bone, like that night, the, the pain really climbs in and it becomes this searing center of your brain focus thing and your brain is like we're not sleeping we're broken <laughs> and and it hurts a lot like every time i've broken a bone and i'm at like a number of them now um i can't sleep that night unless i have good medicine much better than ibuprofen and so bob Woke up in the morning. He was like, no, I actually slept okay. I can't sleep on that shoulder, but it was fine. I was like, cool. Definitely not broken then. You're fine. Bob's never broken a bone, so he was 100% taking my advice here. Surprise. And Surprise. We, we got done with it. And so I think he was on the path to healing by the time we got done with one lap, by the way. Um, I mean, that was Monday, and we got done Saturday. So Saturday. And he was okay. Like the night before he sled, he said he actually was able to roll onto that side and sleep. He felt great, which is horrible. And then he went home and mowed the lawn with a zero turn mower that he has. So you have to use both arms to pull on those handles. And when he got done with that, he was like, I'm broken and need to go to the hospital. And surprise, he was. And he did. And he mowed too hard. He mowed too hard. And and his wife was a little grumpy that when she found out that it was broken, like it's obviously broken, that we didn't go to the hospital then. And in my thought was, well, their recommendation was, you know, wait and see if it heals. And my thought is, then we didn't do anything wrong. Because if it was to just wait and see if it heals, we should have just continued with one that, right? And Bob's a grown-ass man. He made his own decisions <laughs> as well. Taking your poor advice, maybe, but like, 
He'll be fine. He's going to survive. Any, the light, the arm will stay attached. Anyone who asks me for medical advice should know that I am not a medical doctor. <laughs> they they really should. <laughs> I mean, I can talk a good game sometimes. I am not a doctor. And uh, you probably shouldn't take advice, medical advice from me. So, after the one lap, um, I slept a lot. Like I, I was, snuck out of your house at like five in the morning. God, was it that early? It's definitely. It was early. It was great. No, but like not just that night. Like the next week, I was on the couch and like. Definitely asleep by like 8 p.m. on the couch every night. It's just tired. Are you just getting old? Maybe. I don't quite know what it was. I definitely wasn't eating great, which couldn't have been helping my case either. But yeah, I don't know. Those last few transits, those last few nights were just a little more than I had anticipated. And I was... I also started a new job, which definitely also probably factored in. But yeah, and then I went straight from that into another track day weekend. Uh, (laughs) That just happened as of this recording because, (laughs) yeah, so we did Watkins. The next weekend, one lap started through the next weekend. And then we go to another track weekend that very next weekend. So you've been at the track for four weekends in a row. And we're going to have one weekend off. <laughs> oh my God. And then we will be back at the track. <laughs> it, someone out there listening to this is like, that sounds like the best life ever. I'm tired. <laughs> and I didn't even drive this past weekend. How were your ducklings? Well, I was lead instructor, so I was in charge of the instructors and the classroom sessions and kind of being sure everything ran well. I sat on top of grid, kind of did all that sort of stuff. So you were a duck shepherd, and your ducks were taking care of ducklings. I was the shepherd to the shepherds. Ah, it's a a profound position. I was the human that led the duck shepherds to lead the ducklings. Seth and I yeah, you're like a you're like a duck shepherd. So you are taking sure. you're like shepherding around the mother ducks and the mother ducks are taking care of the baby ducks. Yeah, sure. I'm like a yeah. grand I'm a grand shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and we it, might both still be tired. It's hard to say. And it it went pretty well. Um we had quite the disparity in um speed on track which can certainly happen but it kind of just continued which was interesting we definitely had a viper acr in novice on the viper kumo tires with like all they're not slicks (laughs) they're slicks let's be real um and he you know the guy played really well in the group and definitely abided by all the the rules and expectations and he was being very patient um you know we had a a new supra a gr supra in there uh and then we had a 94 corolla um nice we had a newer generation fusion on track um we had a first gen mr2 on track like there's quite the range of cars which was kind of cool um oh and the corolla was right hand drive by the way but why it was kind of (laughs) cool Um, yeah, so we had to have the discussion in class, you know, about point buys and, you know, out the window or over the roof. And he's like, oh, I'm right hand drive. I'm like, just go where, just go where he points. Like, yeah, (laughs) he goes over the roof. He's pointing left. Um, went pretty well though. We, um, great group of instructors per usual. Um, 
surprise appearance by Ross Bentley, who's there with uh, with the uh, data data stuff and whatnot. So he sat in on one of the beginner classrooms as well, and he and I got to kind of catch up a little bit. But that was a pleasant surprise. Fantastic. Um, and Becky drove is really her weekend. I was going to ask how that went because this is her first, um, as she made the the shift from Sunday Cup to driving just DE stuff. Yeah, um, how do she, I? I guess I the proper thing to do would be ask her her this question instead of you. But since sure. you're here and she's not, yeah. uh, how did that go? Um, Saturday was super messy on track. No car-to-car contact, but just, like, a lot of mechanicals, a lot of incidents, a lot of flatbed toes, a lot of flatbed toes. Um, Three to four cars were either on fire or smoldering. Um, (laughs) Like, just... What the hell? Yeah, it, it was a hot mess on Saturday. Her first session went out... They did. They were doing a hot flatbed tow out of ten, while a car was smoldering between two and three, and they just kept yellows out for like most of the session. So, so Becky and I kind of joked, like, thought we were getting out of time attack to avoid stuff like this. Um. So yeah, I think going into it. I don't quite remember what her previous best time was. I want to say it was probably in the 58s. No, that's not. Yeah, 58s, 158s. Um, and she ended up um, having a 55-2. Oh, that's significant. Which is a good bit of, ch- good chunk of time. Uh, her last session out, uh, she didn't charge the Apex Pro. After ah. all of her track time, so it definitely died um, at some point. That's actually a good thing, though, that she got so much track time exactly. that the battery would die because it's not something she's had to worry about in the past. Right. Um, so that's actually super cool. I mean, annoying, but it's super cool that it's annoying. Yeah, exactly. And she said that, you know, without the you know timer and data, it's hard to say, but she said it felt really good. So... Hard to say what it would have been, but she she walked away feeling pretty good about um, the progress that she had made and everything like that. Uh, my son was there, so that's cool. He uh, definitely got some sort of a stomach bug on Saturday. He ended up throwing that's up. That's cool. <laughs> um, and then he like totally passed out in the van. He said, I'm, I would, I'd want to lay down, feel better. And so I gave him his book and checked back in on him in like 10, 15 minutes and like out, out. <laughs> like definitely didn't hear me <laughs> open or slam the the van door. Um, but then he woke up, like slept it off, woke up, was totally fine all day Saturday. Good. Um, but way- that was the, like part of the purpose of the van was that you had a place that that could operate exactly how it operated in that situation, right? Yeah, and had it been like had it called for rain, we would have had the trailer too, just as like a a place, a sanctuary of, of sorts, right? Um, but yeah, it was it was much busier than I had originally planned, and some of that was good. Um, I did a fair bit of video and data review with um with some other drivers and buddies. Um, just kind of checking out what they were doing and funny enough, like with most of them, we talked about the same three spots, um, (laughs) turn one into turn two at Gingerman, uh, turn five and six and then turn eight and nine. (laughs) Those are like, those are the spots, uh, by and large. Um, and then had a couple uh, people we were helping out with uh, setup analysis stuff um, over the weekend, and I think we kind of on the right track with um, with them. And one of them is a uh, was a Miata that he had made his own carbon fiber body panels 
Oh, wow. And was running a turbo K-swap in track mod. No, street mod. I'm sorry. Street mod. And like the maximum allowed tire in that class is a 285. But we all know the widest you can put on a Miata because that's all they come in is a 245. Right. Um, And he was sitting fourth at one point, which was, I think, pretty impressive, all things considered. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, helping out a Civic Type R uh, in street and uh, a couple GLTC buddies, stuff like that. Is uh, I know this was rev up, which which indicates like beginning of the season. Were most people out for their their first beginning of the season foray? That that's kind of what it seemed like. Um, you know, the whole gingerman thing tends to be very Midwest focused in terms of who comes. Although right. we definitely got people from kind of all over the place. But, yeah, a lot of people who hadn't gone to CMP or Watkins, like, that this was kind of their first, if not their first event, certainly their first, like, competition or, like, intentional timeout on track this this year, which I think contributed to the incidents. Everybody being on fire. <laughs> yes, I think so. But, like, it was such a chill event. Uh it was so nice to have a gingerman event that wasn't a festival. You know, there were patches of grass that weren't filled with peoples and cars. So, like, Willem could go throw his new weird toy, you know, in the middle of a field. And, like, there was no one around. So, you know, yeah. it's easy to do. And at nighttime, it was quiet. But, like, you know, you could hear people, you know, talking and laughing and, you know, campsite music and just kind of go around say hi to everybody like it was really it was good it was really good fantastic do we want to to uh discuss pete um it'll be i mean he posted about it so it's right yeah it's it's, fairly public full full public yeah pete had an incident at turn 10 um it was uh basically the way he described it to me is he just missed his brake marker, like his brake. The video, point. the video is out there. He posted the video on Facebook, yeah. so you can see exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, and and he went off track on the outside of turn ten, uh, a little sideways, and um, got into the new sand trap that's there, and just very. I, I don't want to say gently because it certainly wasn't gentle, but it was way kinder than it could have been. The car kind of rolled all the way around over and ended up on its passenger side. Right. And Pete put his instinctively or not by his own volition, his arm went out the window and he broke his, uh, it's up. What's the upper arm bone? Femur. Femur. Yeah. Or not femur. Uh, humerus. Sorry. Thank you. Humerus I was about leg. to say fem- humerus. Femurous leg. Yeah. Humerus. The big one, and it's it's got a couple pieces to it. Um, but we his car is in better shape than it has any right to be. Yeah. Um, and Pete was at the track that night. <laughs> so he is in remarkably good spirits. Um, and he yes. has a lot of good people taking care of him right now. And uh, he did, I think he saw a doctor today. And so they're sorting out the, the options for how to make sure his arm goes back to being an arm instead of a big floppy meat thing. For sure. Um, Well, arms are big floppy meat things, but yeah, but this, they're they're only supposed to be floppy in certain places. And he definitely has an extra place that it's floppy. Not not like worm floppy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, it was like I have I've never I've personally never seen um, that type of accident in cars. I've seen it several times um, in side by sides. Sure. Um, pretty common thing before they started putting window nets on on side by sides, which they do if you drive them fast anywhere. They make you put window nets on them for this reason. Um, this is the reason that Rallycross makes you run with windows up. 
um, because Rallycross is of all the the things that you're likely to do, of all the 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 motorsports things you're likely to do, um, you're most likely to roll in those situations, and they want to keep all of your bits and pieces in the car as much as possible. Yep. Um, in a lot of other motorsports that we do, the the bigger concern is egress just getting out of the car if it's on fire right. so it's one of those things where there's like windows up or down there isn't a right answer um the sanctioning body almost always has rules about it um you know you have to have windows down or you have to have windows up and they have very good reasons for those things yep. and this is one of those things where you know it just happened it was you know dumb kind of dumb luck you know it's one of those things where i think he was just driving elbows up like like super elbows up he and he does i've seen him and, through the window yeah and in in his car if your elbows up that really basically has your elbow above the the windowsill yep and when you go over like if you take your hand off the steering wheel your arm's going to get pinched yep. um, or the forces remove your hand from the wheel and yeah yeah so um so super weird super good people taking care of pete um we'll have to talk to him about that sometime because this is an adventure and the the times that were being set out there for uh classes like sunday cup and club tr are very fast yeah sunday cup is in the low 150s and uh, I think they got down. Somebody got down to a fifty flat. Uh, that may have been the one that was rescinded. Oh, did they finally pull that one back? Maybe I. I know there were a, there were a couple very low ones. I know Jim. Yeah. Jim was the fast, the fastest of the weekend. Um, but then Club TR broke the record, and they're low thirty eights now. It's Ugh. it's quick. That's so fast. It's quick. It's so fast. Yeah. That was like a, that was a very quick, not unlimited time attack, but uh, what's the next one up from that? Super unlimited? No, not su- down from that then. Oh, track mod. Track mod. Like, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that track mod cars getting under 140 was like, dude, we're under 140, we're having a good day. That's been a hot minute. You, I mean, you know what the while, you but... know what the unlimited record is right now, right? And it has no, been for a little while. I don't. It's a twenty-three. Ugh, so fast. <laughs> so fast. But um, just the the times creeping down through the thirties in in track mod was like yeah. I remember when they were, you know, creeping down and creeping down, and now you've got Club TR, which is is other than Sunday Cup, is as mild a time attack class as you can have. Just about. Yeah, it's getting... They're they're fast. I know it's getting goofy because all time attack does, but... um, Yeah, it is. Um, Yeah, one of of the GLTC buddies, Colton Wade, um, went under 40 for his first time um, at Gingerman. He was pretty excited about that. I have to say he was late to class because he was <laughs> preoccupied with that. But it was good to see. Um and yeah, I don't know. Um Midwest Festival is coming up here in two weeks. Uh this episode won't air before that, for sure. So it'll be interesting to to kind of see, but I'm I'm having a hard time looking forward to it. Um, do you not think it will be better from a from like I had a good time standpoint than Rev Up was? No, Rev Up was awesome. I I okay. I generally don't like festival nearly as much as smaller, quieter rounds. But there are no. I don't think in GLTC anymore there are is such a thing anymore. There are no small, quieter rounds right now. Well, that's um, ah, that's the but, series, though. Like but, it's it's the big think, time. But yeah, whatever. Um, but like, 
don't don't mansplain my race series to me. It's <laughs> like Watkins. We had fifty four, fifty six cars at Watkins, right? Okay. We have that same number at Gingerman. Like that is different. I'm I'm not the person who makes these decisions, but that seems like too many. It they've got a cap per mile plus one. And I believe at Gingerman it's fifty six cars. It is a lot. It's it's what we had last year, and it is a lot. Right. And my race one did not go very well. And it's very busy and blah blah blah. Now well, what it makes I, qualifying difficult. It makes right. like some other things are logistically difficult because GLTC shares track time with so many other things going on during the weekend that it's not like you can split it up into three qualifying sessions or something to make sure that everybody has room to to get their good lap in. There's strategy that goes on with qualifying, which is, I would say it's goofy, but it's Yeah, and they've, got, they've got 35 minutes scheduled out for qualifying. Um, which I think will help. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think it will absolutely help me not having students on the days as it is this year. I will not have, um, instructor duties the day that I compete. Okay. Which is good. Um, so, you know, some of, a lot more of my bandwidth can be directed towards what I'm doing, what I need to do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we've got uh, our buddy and teammate Chandler Marr is going to come up and he's going to help crew with us and uh, hang out for the weekend, hopefully do some grilling as well. And, um, yeah, so... I'm trying not to think last year is going to be this year, but we'll see. So you raced raced at the Glen, yep. and then you had had three weekends of non racing track time. Yeah, not and, competitive, but not racing. But not racing, right. and now you're going back to to racing again. Are you? excited to be in the race environment versus not you know it's interesting my my last time on track competitively was at ncm um when i was so hyped up on caffeine that i was singing to becky during my my three hot laps um and it was delightful like it was really like i I certainly hope I don't need that much caffeine to to have fun, but like I was just taking it all in stride. If if I made a mistake or if there was something I could have done better, like I was just like, no worries, we'll get it next time. Let's keep going, and you know we're gonna turn in here, see what happens. Okay, no, that worked out okay. All right, we just kind of kept going, and um, it was in nice. fair play. You were driving hard. Like I was watching you. I could see you drive over Deception from where I was yeah. up high in the stands. And every time you did it, I puckered a little bit because yeah, it was fine. Like it, yeah, but it wasn't a guarantee that the car was going to land because you were functionally landing the car after that. Oh, and a Sunday cup car. It's fine. You just, okay. But visually <laughs> it was, it was a thing that was happening. Yeah. So I think what I would really like to do is I'd like to bring some more of that attitude, especially into practices and qualifying more of like this lap has to be perfect. I've got to nail this lap more of, all right, I'm, we're going to do this. Let's see how it goes. Okay. didn't work so well. So let's try this next time, you know, kind of more, just take it as it comes. Um, and I think part of part of the hard time with me at gingerman is i've been there so much and i've had so many laps there that it's almost become too familiar is it hard to do something different i think so like it's it the visuals like where i break when i turn like it's all just kind of become just what i do 
instead of let's try something and get feedback, see how it works and try something different next time. Um, now I am remembering that last year, Ooh, this may help too. Last year I was still on spring front springs that were too stiff. Um, right. so the car set, I was definitely fighting the car setup all weekend and not having a great time with it. Um, so this year car setup wise should be better. Um, we're going to try something with the front suspension, um, because we've got, I think, three practice sessions. Oh, you can actually sort of learn what your shocks do. Yeah, um, I want to try this. Uh, we're going to try a different front sway bar first. I want to okay. try that before for the shocks. Um, but we've got time to do that, and so that'll be interesting. Uh, so we'll we'll see, but I think... You know, Becky's also not driving. I think, yeah, she drove. That's it. She drove last year as well in Sunday Cup. So we had me driving, her driving. Um, I don't think we had anyone there helping to crew for us. DeFreeze was there competing as well. Um, so it was kind of all hands on deck, kind of all the time. And I had students you know etc etc so i think you know having becky gotten her driving done um not to say it's all about me or the car but like i think we'll all have just more bandwidth some more time to be able to just not go from one thing to another but just like do the thing have some time to relax and think and plan and get stuff done so i think the pace will be a little little better off and hopefully on track so we'll see two people focusing on one task is more than twice as good yes um it's not a linear math with that sort of thing yeah um so yeah it's that'll be i'll be interested to hear about it um you yeah you seem to be uh I want to say maturing as a racer because that's that's not the right terminology, but you are becoming a different racer than you were two years ago. Yeah. And and, and it's not has nothing to do with speed or car setup or yeah. any of that. It's it's you as a person in the racing environment are different than you were certainly two years ago. Yeah. And I think Like I, I think I've I've accepted like I'm actually I'm actually a pretty decent driver most of the time. Yeah. I'm not GLTZ pointy end, but I'm not I'm not slow either, let's say. Um I'm just limited by the things I've said yes to, essentially. Right. Like I'm limited if I've got students or people I'm helping out, like they're gonna come first. Um, limited in the amount of test time we have and this year being none <laughs> it's been it's been only race weekends basically um etc cetera, etc cetera. so and i think again not having students on the same day i compete has allowed me to open up my bandwidth and actually be able to review video and data um better for myself you know, actually invest some time and energy into myself like I tend to do with other people. So, and uh, although you're, I mean, you don't stop learning, you don't, the, the process of reviewing data doesn't seem to be a process where you're learning how to review data. It correct. seems to be a process where you are reviewing data. So, you are, you know, two years ago, you were still learning how to review data as you review data. Like, like you knew what the squiggles meant, but it wasn't as intuitive as it is now. Sure. Yep. Um, and so that's something that I've seen that's a difference in you through that time. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like post-event discussions have become more interesting. You've become more 
philosophical about yourself as a person in the moment, um, how you approached things, and it's less about individual laps and you as a driver and more about the weekend and you as a person. Um, yeah. And I think you and I both uh, probably were more like that with one lap this year as well. Yeah. Um, me, me, because, me cert or yeah, I can see that in me. You certainly like, I, I actually really enjoyed watching you drive and, albeit a bit of trepidation that first day like you were you were excited to drive and savor it like you you wanted the experience knowing that it was going to be your last one lap for at least a little while yeah you wanted to kind of immerse yourself in the experience wanted to be a car guy again like like I wanted to know that I was a car guy again in those moments rather than just being, uh, being a bike guy. Um, and I will say, so when we went out on a Nelson, um, anybody who hasn't driven Nelson before Nelson doesn't really have straightaways so much as it has big, long curves everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's a very strange track. If you're used to modern tracks, which are sort of straightaways connected by corners, um, with things like brake markers and curbing and and all of those normal elements that, that we sort of... Modern tracks are a connection of elements, and Nelson is more like a road that goes through the woods. Sure. You know, in for a bunch of the track. And so there's, there's big, big corners where you're like, there's not really an apex. You just sort of drive through this very large corner. And that corner never really gets to a straightaway. It just leads into the next very large corner. Yep. And I find that the hardest part of driving. Corners? Yeah. Yeah. Big, big, big non-definable type corners. Um, and we've talked about this before. Like big fast corners are my kryptonite. Um, a lot of people's especially when you're coming up to speed in them quickly. And it's there are also corners that are really easy to know that you've done poorly. Um, because it's you tend to go too slow on them, and you get done with a corner, and you're like, I was not anywhere near fast enough. I just did that bad. And so to start out the week with a track that was personally very difficult for me, and to be able to come off the track and go, I wasn't fast, but I wasn't bad at it. It seemed was, like you felt good about what you did. I did. Um, every track that I drove. Despite your pouting before you got in the car. Oh, yeah. I was I was such a miserable, whiny little bitch before I got in the car, like at every track. Bob was, I've got a picture. Actually, no. This this episode's thumbnail is going to be the picture I took of you standing in front of Bob's car, <laughs> just pouting. Like, yeah, like Bob is a saint for being able to deal with me in those moments where and we've talked about it before. Where I like whenever I'm sitting in the car on grid and I'm like I shouldn't be here, and that was turned up to eleven at every track. Um, yeah, and then. Um, I did some of this. Remember we talked about the sort of like the, the relaxation that I've been trying on the focus. I've been trying on grid for motorcycles where yep. I like purposely like physically relax the muscles in my face and neck and chest and, and tongue and all of those things to try to get myself to a physical state of relaxation. Even if I'm screaming in my helmet, yeah. um, and sort of trick my brain into doing that. Yep. I did that consciously. In one lap, and I think it worked wonderfully. Um, and whether or not it did work wonderfully, I think it worked wonderfully, and so it it accomplished the same result. Yeah. It. Who cares if it's a placebo or not? If it works. Yeah, like I'm fine with placebos that work because they work. Yep. Um. So that was. Yeah, I was. I was. I was happy to drive, and I was happy to have driven. And I'm very happy that Bob provided the, the car so that I could have that experience 
um, this year. Um, it was very neat. Yeah, it seemed it seemed a, a good swan song for you. Um, it seemed it seemed to just go well for the Sunday Cup group, like like we started with. Um, we we basically adopted a Mini Cooper S into our fold. Um, yeah, those they, guys were great. Yeah, um, they they just they were the best people to hang out with and. Uh, pace was right about there. So, you know, depending on the track kind of depended where all of us started and whatnot. Um, and I think the other thing just, um, just in turn, like Becky's driving on the one lap took a significant step up this year. Absolutely. Where, where like she and Bob could have gone either way, depending on the track last year. Um, you know, Becky got a little more power. Bob's handling got a lot better. Yeah. And Becky reliably whoops Bob's butt. Yep. She was better. Yeah. And it's not a thing where you go, oh, the Mazda 2 is better. That wasn't really the thing. No, Becky, it was, it was Becky was a better driver. I mean, um, we had faster tires last year. Um, Again, arguably, like a few less horsepower like we're talking a handful i think all currently has a handful yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but yeah just her composure and her ability to kind of turn on that her time attack mindset and like go do the thing um with confidence with confidence that was yep. that was the big thing is i really do feel like she felt like she was in a place where she belonged as a driver sure and um that always that sort of thing helps and uh matt and brian were it was great to kind of hang out with them more get to know them better um one lap buddies for a few years now and we we knew that we liked them and we got along with them but they were just cool to hang out with um really chill relax you know they they wanted to go out there and do the best they could and they did uh, in a really kind of just a cool car again it was a stock car except for tires and brake pads and from 1994 like it's yeah, almost 30 year old car and it did great it, did it really did great they were of course rightfully so rubbing it in that they could recline the seats so i mean we could too yeah, but their car was actually more comfortable than Bob's car. I think um, Bob's car was a little the the Kia was a little crashy on things that were like sharp edges. Um, I'm not sure. I'm super happy with the, the compression uh, in the car, but uh, no, they race car. They Matt Matt and Brian assured me that uh, that was not a problem in the Celica. It was nice and smooth over over all the roads that we drove over. Had to take your victories as they came. Yeah. We are at Track Walking Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Track Walking Chats is the place we we tend to hang out most and uh, post things, talk about things and whatnot. Um, We're coming into summertime for Seth. So the uh, quality on his end is going to be more uh, phone call quality. And um, we may take a bit of a hiatus here in a little while but we'll uh, we'll give you all a heads up for that otherwise for the two of us tonight i'm scott and i'm seth we're track walking and we'll talk to you next time